this year at Faith, we're going to spend the season of Lent in the book of Esther. And if you didn't know, Esther was written sometime after King Ahasuerus' reign over Persia. You remember that, right? (laughs) Well, it ended in 465 B.C. And so as part of the Old Testament, as part of the Hebrew Bible, Esther tells the story of the title character and her uncle Mordecai. There's two Jews whose families had remained in Persia after the exile. So the Jewish people had gone back to Jerusalem, but there were still families who remained in their new land. Esther's family and Mordecai's family was one of those. And so just as we do in Lent, Esther's story is a story of stripping away artifice in order to get to the truth of who we are. The truth of Haman's plot against the Jews and Esther, but also to get to the truth of who Esther is. The king wants Esther to play a role. Mordecai encourages her to play another role. But in the end, Esther succeeds in saving her people by stripping away artifice and living into her truth. And so as we begin our journey through Lent and to the truth of Christ's resurrection, we look to a different queen tonight, Esther's predecessor, Vashti. King Ahasuerus has a role for Vashti to play, but it is Vashti's refusal that sets the story of the book of Esther in motion. Esther chapter 1, verses 10 through 12. On the seventh day, when the heart of the king was merry with wine, he commanded Mehuman, Bitsa, Harbona, Bixa, Abgatha, Zethra, and Karas, <laughs> the seven eunuchs who served in the presence of King Ashwara, to bring King Vashti before the king, to bring Queen Vashti before the king with her royal to show the people and the princes her beauty, for she was lovely to look at. But Queen Vashti refused to come at the king's command delivered by the eunuchs. At this, the king became enraged, and his anger burned within him. King Ahasuerus calls Vashti to come and perform to play a role, to entertain his friends. Like the world, the king doesn't want her true self. He doesn't seek Vashti for who she is. In fact, allowing Vashti to be the woman God created her to be might pose a danger for Ahasuerus. I think the same is true today. While we might not have kings and queens in our contemporary culture, although we have a queen here tonight, one of our Mardi Gras queens is here, (laughs) we are still ruled by forces outside of ourselves. We're ruled by a culture that wants us to act a certain way, to love a certain way, to fight a certain way, to live a certain way, and I think most importantly to spend a certain way. You see, the world around us 
demands that we play a role. The world demands that we perform. And unfortunately, and despite our best efforts, we do. We fall in line, and like Paul, so often we ask ourselves, why am I doing the things I hate? Why did I say that? Why did I buy that? Why did I do that? Anybody said one of those things lately? And the answer is so often because we played the role we were asked to play. We're not alone in this. It happened to Vashti. It's going to happen to Esther. I mean, it even happened to Jesus. During his 40 days in the wilderness, Jesus was tempted. Satan tempted Jesus by asking him to play a role, to perform. Turn this stone to bread, Satan says. Take command of these kingdoms. Wear this crown. Throw yourself from the top of this temple and live. Do your tricks, Jesus. Play this role. Perform for me, Jesus. And Satan still tempts us today away from our faith. Satan still deceives us from being the people We truly are from seeing ourselves like our own selves as the people God created us to be. He convinces us to play a role, to do our tricks, to put on costumes (laughs) that hide the people God created. And so this year I invite you to experience Lent as a time to strip away this role to refuse to wear these costumes, to abandon the performance, take a stand like Vashti, discover yourself like Esther, relied on the word of God like Jesus and not the words of the deceiver. And so, like the book of Esther, we began this journey and we begin this journey at a feast. As we begin this 40-day journey to discover who God created us to be, we remember that God calls us to a banquet, a great banquet, a wedding banquet, to commune with him as the disciples did at the Lord's Supper. The beauty of this banquet is that God, unlike Satan, unlike the world, God invites us to come exactly as we are. God calls us to come with all our faults, with all our failings, that we might be remade by the body and the blood of his Son, Jesus Christ. We end tonight with one more reminder that our God is a God who continues to call us out into the wilderness, but who is always there with us, making all things new, making us new. It's another story of of 40 days. The prophet Elijah was overcome and overwhelmed. He had witnessed his people, God's people, rebel against the Lord. 
Ahab, who was king of Israel, and Queen Jezebel sent Elijah a message warning the prophet that they were going to take his life. And so Elijah, feeling alone, afraid, lost, fled to the wilderness. And there in the wilderness, Elijah sat under a bush and prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. And he lay down, went to sleep, hoping not to wake. But an angel woke him and fed him, gave him cool water to drink, and said, Get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you. So Elijah got up, ate, and drank, and strengthened by that food, Elijah traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. And it was on that mountain, 40 days later, that Elijah heard the voice of God. But did he hear it in the powerful winds? No. Did he hear it in the earthquake or in a fire? No. He heard it in a gentle whisper, a still, small voice. And that voice changed Elijah forever. It remade him, reformed him. And so Elijah re-emerged. Take my life, Elijah said. And God did. Though not in the way that Elijah meant. And so after 40 days in the wilderness, Elijah was restored. May the same be said for us.